When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. A deep background of Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin hardly needs to be described here to all of you OTR fans. Lewis started out as a stand-up comet, and Martin was a nightclub singer. They teamed up as a comedy duo in 1946 for the first time at the 500 Club in Atlantic City, and their careers skyrocketed from that point forwards. Their own radio show, The Martin and Lewis Show, came about in 1949 and lasted until 1953. The show struggled in its first season, but after changing writers in 1950, the show took off and boosted the duo's careers, both collectively and individually. They both went on to film, stage, and TV stardom, although their personal feud with, with each other, which lasted for decades after their split in 1956, was legendary. They finally reconciled in later years before their deaths. Now sit back and enjoy the May 29th and June 5th, 1949 broadcasts of The Martin and Lewis Show. It's the Martin and Lewis Show. From New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Henry Fonda, and featuring Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. You came to me from out of nowhere. Took my heart and set it free. And Jerry Lewis. You came to me from out of nowhere, Ethel Hockenhaven, and I loved you madly. Your hair so black and eyes so blue and lips so soft and neck. Yes, you did with anyone who came along. <laughs> I can't give you anything but love, baby. Well, that's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. You dream a while and you scheme a while. We're sure to find, well, happiness and a guess. Well, all the things you think that are fine for, gee, but I'd like to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth doesn't sell to you, baby. To that lucky day, you know darn well, baby. I can't give you anything but love. But I'd like to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth doesn't sell to you, baby. Till that lucky day, you know, darn well, baby. I can't give you. Anything but love. 
this is a pretty big day for Dean and Jerry. They finally have tickets to see Henry Fonda in his Broadway hit play, Mr. Roberts. Right now, we find them in their apartment getting ready to go to the theater tonight. Hey, Dean, why do we have to wait so long to get these tickets to see Mr. Roberts? Well, Jerry, the play's a very big hit. It's been running for over a year. <laughs> Remember that time in Atlantic City when we just started our act and we flopped? Well, what about it? We were running for two days. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we got these tickets to Mr. Roberts. Everybody's talking about it, and besides, you could stand a little cultural background. You're so good to me. You try to improve me. You stick up for me when I get into trouble. Oh, I don't do so much. Yes, you do, Dean, and I appreciate it. You're a swell guy, Dean. Oh, Jerry. I mean it. And, Dean, remember the other night when you were hanging up your pants and a quarter fell out on the floor? Quarter? You told me it was a dime. Here's the other 15 cents. <laughs> I'll get it. Okay. Hello? Oh, Associated Press? Yes. You're sure it's true, huh? It couldn't be a mistake. And I've been hoping against hope that it was all a rumor. I see. Goodbye. Jerry, what's wrong? I'll just have to face it, Dean. I've lost Rita. <laughs> well, buck up, little man. Maybe you'll meet another beautiful princess on the way to the theater tonight. I'm dressed and waiting. How do I look? Well, let's see, Jerry. Ooh, you look divine. I know. I'm lovely. I'm engaged. I use Chiron. <laughs> Oh, come on, let's hurry. I can't wait to get to the theater and see Mr. Fonda do that dramatic acting stuff. Okay, but first take off that shirt and put on a clean one. What for? Never mind. I'll bet Mr. Fonda would put on a clean shirt if he were coming over to see you. All right, Dean, I'll change. But it seems a shame to send a shirt to the laundry with four days' mileage left in it. <laughs> oh, now hurry, Jerry. We've only got 15 minutes to get to the theater. Now we're in the Alvin Theater, 52nd Street, just off Broadway. For the last two hours, Dean and Jerry have been engrossed in the famous play, Mr. Roberts, the story of a Navy cargo ship in the South Pacific Theater of War. Look, while Mr. Roberts is packing his things, Jerry leans over to whisper to Dean. Gee, it's so wonderful, Dean. I think I'm going to bawl. Yeah. Now that the Navy's finally going to give Mr. Roberts a transfer he wanted, he doesn't want to leave the guys on his boat, huh? Shh. I wish you hadn't told me, Doc. Makes me look kind of silly after what I said just now. But I didn't mean it, Doc. I was afraid to say what I really feel. I love those jerks, Doc. I think they're the greatest guys in the world. And all of a sudden, I feel there's something wrong. Something terribly wrong about leaving them. Gosh, Doc, what am I going to say to them? Gee, Henry Fund is really terrific, huh, Dean? That's what I want to be, a great actor. Wow, Jerry, what a play, huh? What dramatic moments. Yeah, the most vibrant, spine-tingling moments I've ever spent in the American theater. Really spine-tingling, huh? Yeah, I felt just like somebody dropped a live frog down inside my shirt. <laughs> Quiet, Jerry, you'll shock these sophisticated people. Dean, it's tough trying to get through this mob of people. Well, we'll be out of it in a few minutes. I've never been so tightly packed in my life. I can't get my arms up from my sides. It's horrible. It's torture. It's excruciating. All right, Jerry. What can I do about it? Well, you scratch my nose. <laughs> All right, then. Now, let, let's slip into this drugstore until the crowd lets up, hmm? Hey, mister. Hey, mister. Me? What do you want, kid? Aren't you the man who was sitting in front of me in the theater? Yeah, that was me. Well, how about reaching the side of your shirt and give me back my frog? <laughs> okay, kid, here's your frog Jerry, everybody in the drugstore is looking Come on, let's sit down here at the fountain I'm thirsty Okay, sure All right, Jerry, now let's try it again And remember, on the stool, not between them <laughs> Jerry, you're a real problem Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to do with you What you're going to do with me? Don't do anything with me I'll get along by myself I don't need you or the nightclub act or anything I'll get a big dramatic job like Henry Fonda yeah, I'll open in a new play and right here on Broadway And the reviews will come out and they'll say Jerry Lewis opened on Broadway last night without Dean Martin And he, and he, Dean Yeah? Can I have my old job back? <laughs> I can't give you your job back It's your act as much as mine We're partners, we're pals You know, we've always gone 50-50 on everything 50-50 on everything? Sure And why do I always get the ugly one? <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to have pretty girls running after me from now on. Yes, yes. Go on. When I was sitting there watching Henry Fonda tonight, I said to myself, I shouldn't be a comedian. I should be playing romantic leading man parts like Henry Fonda. Sorry I kept you guys waiting. What you want to order? In a minute. And, Dean, I could do the thing that Sailor did in the play. Remember, Dean, it went something like this. Here I am on this forgotten, forsaken supply boat doing nothing. While somewhere out there, men are fighting a war. Ah, the monotony of it all. The boredom, the frustration, and every day the pitiless tropical sun beating, beating, burning down on my head. But I won't give up. I won't give up. I won't. I won't. Hey, buddy. Yeah? Take it from me. Give up. (laughs) Now, listen, waiter. I don't have to sit here and have you tolerate me. Quiet, Jerry. Let's order. I'm serious. I'm going over to that theater and I'm going backstage and talk Henry Fonda into giving me a job acting in Mr. Roberts. Nothing will stop me. Okay, but uh, wouldn't you like a Sunday first? Okay, you want a Sunday. What kind? A marshmallow Sunday. But it's all different kinds of things in a Sunday. You take a big glass, see, and you put marshmallow in the bottom of the glass and then two scoops of delicious but fresh vanilla ice cream. Then you put chocolate ice cream on top of that and some vanilla syrup. Then you put pineapple chunks on top of that with some strawberries and you can get some fresh limes and lemons and put it on the top of that. And then some more, oh, put some whipped cream and some nuts and then you can put some cherries, two dips of chocolate and syrup on top of that. Okay, buddy. Can you come in Monday for a fitting? (laughs) I hope you weren't really serious about going to uh, the theater to ask Henry Fonda for a job in Mr. Roberts. No, I don't think I'll ask him. I'll just tell him that I'm available and here's his chance to introduce a great dramatic talent to New York. And I'll tell him that I studied on the continent. On the continent? Where where on the continent? Pittsburgh. (laughs) Now, do you want me to say that you can play a romantic, handsome, leading man? Well, why not? I've got all the qualifications. I've got what it takes. I've got a rich, thrilling, deep voice. I'm tall and muscular. I've got a beautiful profile, kissable lips. I'm strong. Women go after me. I have wavy black hair and... And look how they're staring at me. (laughs) Jerry, look who just walked in, our secretary. Hello, Mr. Martin. Hi, Mr. Lewis. Florence, what are you doing here? Oh, I just dropped into the drugstore to buy some lipstick. There's the counter right there. Boy, look at the different colors. Fatal apple, bachelor's carnation, pink lightning. Oh, I don't want any of those lipsticks. I always get some in a little bottle, and it really stays on good. What's it called? Mercurochrome. You mean this mercurochrome is really kiss-proof, huh? I guess so. I've been wearing it for eight years and nobody's tried to kiss me yet. What you need, Florence, is some real good perfume. Well, that'll make me meet men. Sure, and look at these brands here. Savage, helpless, quivering, frantic. Goodness, I just want to meet a man. I don't want to drive him crazy. Well, uh, what perfume do you like best, Florence? Well, I used to use a perfume that was double guaranteed to stop men dead in their tracks. What was it? Platine? 20 carat? Oh, no. This wasn't that subtle stuff. This had a direct approach to men. What was it called? Pucker, sucker. <laughs> you know, it's nice you two dropped into this drugstore. Now, now they've got dopes on both sides of the counter. <laughs> You'll find out how dopey I am when I'm a big hit in Mr. Roberts. I'm going over to the theater and see Henry Fonda right now. Jerry, wait for me. Bye, Florence. Bye. Hey, Dean, that must be Mr. Fonda's dressing room down the hall here. It's got a star on it. Yeah. How are you going to uh, introduce yourself to Mr. Fonda? Introduce myself? Why, he'll remember me from the last time he saw me on Broadway four years ago. Maybe so, but four years is a long time to remember shoeshine. Oh, besides that, Mr. Fonda was over at the Copacabana the other night when we were working. Don't you worry. Come in. Mr. Fonda? Yes? Mr. Fonda, I'm Jerry Lewis, and this is my partner, Dean Martin. You remember us. I do? Well, sure. You were at the Copa the other night when we were working there. Surely at least you remember me. Oh, yes, I do remember you now. Say, you never did bring me that second cup of coffee I ordered. (laughs) Jerry's not a waiter, Mr. Fonda. He's the comedian at the Copa. You know, he's the one who got all the laughs. Laughs? It was so quiet during the floor show, I could hear a pin drop. In fact, I did hear a pin drop. That was me. I stumbled. I better explain, Mr. Fonda. We know you saw our act at the Copa, and we were wondering what you thought of Jerry's acting. How about it? Good, bad, or indifferent? 
Well, that just about sums it up. <laughs> what do you mean, that just about sums it up? Yes, some of it was good, some of it was bad, and I was indifferent. <laughs> you can't kid me about my acting, Mr. Fonda. I came here to ask you for a job of Mr. Roberts. Yeah, but I... Jerry's a great comedian, Mr. Fonda, but I've been trying to tell him he's not qualified to play dramatic roles. Uh, how did you get started? Well, first I acted in college and in little theaters, and then I studied a year at the Champs-Élysées Académie pour d'Artistes. Well, where's that? In Pittsburgh. I don't get it. Why would they have a school for actors in Pittsburgh? Oh, I don't know. I guess everybody likes smoked ham. <laughs> everybody likes smoked ham. <laughs> I'll do the jokes, Henry. Have you had any experience in the theater at all, Jerry? Have I had any experience in the theater? Why, once I was sitting next to a girl in the balcony of low state. Jerry! What? That isn't exactly the kind of experience I meant, but I think I'd like to hear the rest of this one anyway. Well... It was a balcony of Low State Theater, see? And this girl was a real woman of the world type. Yeah? The kind who preys on men. Yeah? And she rolled me for my bag of popcorn. <laughs> now, Jerry, that's idiotic, moronic, stupid, and impossible. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Fonda, what were you going to say? Well, only that I wonder if it could be the same girl who got me for a box of Cracker Jack last week in the Paramount balcony. <laughs> Well, I'd appreciate it uh, if you'd help me convince Jerry he's not ready for dramatic parts, Mr. Fonda. I don't see why he should bother. I heard you fellas did a good job in that picture of my friend Irma. Why don't you stick to comedy? Oh, I don't care much about going back to Hollywood now that Rita Hayworth has married that comic strip character. Jerry, I keep telling you, the alley she married isn't alley-oop. <laughs> You're just telling me that, and I won't go back to Hollywood. I want a job in Mr. Roberts. Hey, Mr. Fonda, if you could just give him any kind of a small part. The cast is filled. There isn't a thing I could say. I've got an idea. You see, the plays of... Yeah, it's about a Navy supply ship, and the fellas in the crew have a goat for a mascot, and there's only one girl in the cast. Got a part in mind that you could play, Jerry. Something special. Oh, no. Jerry Lewis plays no girls. It's not the role of the girl. Oh, good, good. Which part is it? The goat. <laughs> Me play a goat? That's right. Mr. Fonda? Yes? Are you for real? <laughs> you wouldn't play the goat on stage. Our goat's supposed to bleed off stage a couple of times, and it's hard to get it to bleed at the right time. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Fonda. I wouldn't play a goat for anything in the whole world. Not anything. Oh, it's an easy part, Jerry. You ought to consider it. Absolutely not a chance. You only have to bleed in one act. Absolutely no goat part. And it pays $100 a week. Absolutely. Say, that's not bad. <laughs> Well, Jerry, while you're trying to decide whether you're going to be a leading man or a goat, I'd better sing my song right now, huh? What's the name of it, Dean? Hey, you're adorable. I know. And B, I'm beautiful. And C, I'm captivating. <laughs> Kissable Al is a love light in your eye M N O P I could go on all day Q-R-S-T Alphabetically speaking You're okay you made my life complete and V means you're very sweet. W, X, Y, Z. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you to tell you what you mean to me. M, N, O, P. I could go on all day. Q R S T. 
alphabetically speaking, well, you're okay. Well, you've made my life complete, and V means you're very sweet. W, X, Y, Z. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you to tell you what you mean to me. Gee, that was swell singing, Dean. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, and I've I've been thinking it over. I'm not going to play the part of a goat for you or anybody else. I want to play romantic leads like you do in pictures. Jerry, you're mistaken about that. I never get the girl in pictures. You don't? don't? No. It's been that way all my life. Why, when I was a kid, I was awful shy. The least little thing that reminded me of a girl embarrassed me. It did? I'll say. I used to blush every time I'd pick up a Coca-Cola bottle. (laughs) I was pretty bashful too, Mr. Fonda. I never asked a girl for a date until I was 18 years old. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know. We were sitting on a sofa one night necking, and it just occurred to me. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Fonda, if you were bashful, you must have had trouble getting dates. I sure did, Jerry. I can remember my very first date. My rival was the freshest boy in town. Of course, I was pretty scared. The girl's name was Daisy Bell. She was the prettiest girl around. I'm afraid her mother didn't think very highly of me. Going to the barn dance, Daisy Bell. So, my ma, this should be the best barn dance of the season. Yes, I hear they've hired Zeke Martin and his fiddling five. Daisy May, who's taking you to the dance? Well, I can't decide between Hank Fond and Jerry Lewis. Hank is sweet and he's so reliable. The kind of man a girl can lean on. Well, what about Jerry Lewis? He keeps leaning back. <laughs> well, that Hank's a nice boy, but he's so bashful. Oh, someone's at the door. I'll go see who it is. Oh, gee, it's you, Hank. How'd you ever get up nerve enough to knock on the door? I didn't. I hid out in the bushes and poked it with a long pole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on in. Oh, Daisy Bell, I'm so awkward and clumsy, I better not. I better wait outside. Oh, nonsense. Come on into the parlor. All right. Shucks, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I'm surprised you came at all, Hank. You were supposed to take me to the barn dance last year and you didn't show up. Well, last year the dance was on a Monday. What's Monday got to do with your not showing up? Well, I don't think it's decent for a fellow to call on a girl when her washing's hanging on the line. Gee, Hank, you mustn't be so bashful and shy around me. Pretend I'm an old friend. Forget I'm a girl and just pretend I'm a fellow. Okay. Care for a chew of tobacco? <laughs> Hank, did you come over to ask me to go to the dance? Well, I was... It's me, Daisy Bell. Dynamite Lewis. Let me in. Okay, Jerry. Hiya, Daisy Bell. Say, you're looking more gorgeous than ever. You're the cream of my coffee and I'm ready to start stirring. Oh, Daisy Bell, open the icebox door. Of course, you'll have to cool me off tonight. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're so witty. Hank, why don't you say things like that? I'd rather die. <laughs> Gee, Jerry, what's that you got your hair slicked down with? Mobile oil? No, nah, this is something new. Moose grease. <laughs> Moose grease? Yep. Guaranteed to grow antlers in 30 days. What do you want antlers for? Oh, I don't know. Some place to hang my hat. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're a card. <laughs> come on, Daisy Bell, let's go to the dance. Hey, that's Zeke Martin. I asked him to come by and take us to the dance in his car. Oh, wonderful. Hank, you come along, too. Okay, there's just one thing first. What? Can I take my foot out of the window now? Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, Hank. Zeke's got to get there and start the music. Come on in, pile in the car Goodness, Zeke Martin in person Well 
Hello, baby. <laughs> well, we're all in, Zeke. Let's get going. Looks like we got Zeke here just in time. Oh, come on, Hank. Let's dance. Put your arm around me. There. Isn't dancing fun? Yeah. Dancing's kind of like hopscotch, ain't it? <laughs> Gee, seems like it's mighty crowded on this dance floor. Oh, there's one dancer that's causing the trouble, and Zeke Martin's talking to him right now. Now, look, I told you before, you're taking up the whole dance floor, and you're always bumping into everybody. I didn't mind you coming to the dance, but there are other people trying to dance, too. Now, I'm sorry, but I gotta ask you to go. Oh, well, I was tired of dancing with that elephant anyway. <laughs> Gee, this is a real barn dance, all right? Look, up above is the hayloft. Maybe you'd take me up to see that hayloft after a while, huh, Hank? Not me. Last time I took a girl up there, I lost a box of Cracker Jack. <laughs> Say, they've got the barn fixed up real fancy. It was a good idea decorating the walls with those hollowed-out pumpkin heads. Yeah. Just look at this funny-looking one here. Please, you got your finger in my eye. <laughs> you quit being so smart, Alecky Jerry Lewis. I don't get mad at me, Daisy Bell, because I think you're peachy. Please, Jerry, you're interrupting. Uh, Hank, would you like to take me out more often? Uh, yep. I'd like it to be my steady sugar cake, Daisy Bell. Would you like to take me out tomorrow, Hank? Uh, yep. It's no use. I can't compete with that smooth line he's got. <laughs> my, I wish I had a glass of punch from that big punch bowl there. I'll get it for you, honey. No, I'll get it for Daisy. No, Bell. I'll get it. No, I will. No, you look out there. I got there now. mind the punch, Daisy Bell. I, uh, I got a little something on my hip here. Care for a nip? See? Oh, gee, Hank. Real sarsaparilla. Yeah. And I spiked it up with a little something potent. You mean? Yeah. I mixed a slug of peanut butter in it. <laughs> oh, there ain't gonna be any more dancing right now. It's time for the entertainment. And now, ladies and gents, we have that popular vocal trio, the Swamp Water Three, consisting of Zeke Martin. Thank you, one and all, and all I can say is, uh-huh. And Fancy Pants Jerry Lewis. Uh-huh. And finally, the hillbilly Vic Damone, Hot Lips Fonda. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now we hear a little ditty. <laughs> and now we hear a little ditty rendered by the Swamp Water Boys called Drop Dead, Little Uh-huh, Drop Dead. Hit it, fellas. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead I need you like a hole in the head Get lost and get you gone I'm no longer your down wall Drop dead, little darling, drop dead Come on, Hank, let's sing Drop dead, little darling, drop dead I need you like a hole in the head Drank my liquor, spent my dough, but still said no, no, no. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. I need you like a hole in the head. Get lost and get you gone. I'm no longer you a gone one. Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. Well, that was fun, Mr. Fonda. Well, Jerry, that little sketch we just did should sure convince you that I've never been the romantic type. Yeah. Were you really that bashful, Mr. Fonda? Sure. If I were Artie Shaw, I'd still be going steady with my clarinet. <laughs> now, how about changing your mind again, taking the goat part in Mr. Roberts? No, I guess not. 
I take the part too seriously. I'd even try to grow whiskers. Well, couldn't, couldn't you do that? No, Jerry couldn't grow whiskers. He's too young. Why, it takes him until 10 o'clock to get a 5 o'clock shadow. <laughs> Thanks for trying to help us anyway, Henry. Always glad to help a couple of fellow thespians. Good night, boys. Good night, Hank. <laughs> Good night, folks. See you next week. Bye. The Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Redd and written by Ray Allen and Dick McKnight. Next week, Dean and Jerry's guest will be Miss Marilyn Maxwell. This is Wayne Howell suggesting you tune in to your NBC station each Sunday evening at the same hour for The Martin and Lewis Show. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. It's the Martin and Lewis Show. Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Marilyn Maxwell, and featuring Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. Don't blame me for falling in love with you. And Jerry Lewis. Oh, darling. Don't blame me for falling in love with you. Your lips have the scent of May wine. Your hair, the scent of orchids. So can I help it if you held me captive under your smell? Toot, toot, tootsie, goodbye. Toot, toot, tootsie, don't cry. The choo-choo train that takes me away from you. No words can tell how sad it makes me Kiss me to the end then Do it over again Watch for the mail Well, I'll never fail If you don't get a letter Then you know I'm in jail Just darling Toot-toot-tootsie, don't cry Toot-toot-tootsie, goodbye Watch for the mail well, I'll never fail If you don't get a letter Then you know I'm in jail Dear darling, toot, toot, tootsie, goodbye Toot, toot, tootsie, don't cry Last night, Miss Marilyn Maxwell dropped into the Copacabana nightclub here in New York to watch Dean and Jerry's act. Although the boys didn't meet her, Jerry was swept off his feet by her charms and stunning beauty. This morning, though Dean doesn't realize it, the inevitable has happened. Jerry is in love. Jerry, you've been acting strangely all morning. Is something wrong? I can't help how I act, Dean. Something has happened to me. I'm not myself today. Well, if you're not yourself, then who are you? I don't know. I'm... I'm Sir Galahad riding a white horse over the fields to see Lady Guinevere. I am a Romeo climbing up the balcony to court Juliet. I am Mark Anthony conquering all of Egypt to make love to Cleopatra. I am Errol Flynn. No, he doesn't have to work that hard. He just sits and waits. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Jay. This is starting to make sense. Has this got anything to do with love? Uh huh. So that's it. You're gone falling. Who is it this time? Dean, she's the most glamorous, the most gorgeous, the most fascinating, the most beautiful girl in the whole world. Oh, my gosh. Not another lady wrestler. <laughs> no, Dean, this is different. Well, who is the girl? Remember who we saw last night at the Copa? Oh, don't tell me. It's the new hat check girl. No, more glamorous than that. One of the girls in the chorus line? No, more glamorous than that. Well, those were the only glamorous girls I saw, except, of course, Marilyn Maxwell. Uh... <laughs> Marilyn Maxwell Oh, Jerry, she's a movie star She's famous and she's a big hit Playing opposite Kirk Douglas and the champion Well, shake hands with the challenger <laughs> Face it, Jerry, you're just a kid Marilyn Maxwell is talented Beautiful and famous You can't discourage me Don't you realize the power of love? When I saw Marilyn Maxwell walk into the Copacabana last night Something happened to me I've been walking on clouds 
I just have to see her again, Dean. Couldn't you tell me some of the things you do to impress a girl? Well, if it were me, Jerry, here's what I'd do. First, I'd go out and buy a really fine, impressive gift. Then I'd look in a book of poetry, find some appropriate verses, and send them to her. Then every day for a week, I'd have a standing order at a flower shop to send her one fresh, exquisite, dark, trembling rose. Oh, Dean, I'm so unworthy of you. <laughs> but that's not your type, Jerry. You ought to give up the whole idea. Give up? How can you say that? Jerry Lewis never gives up. I'm going to take Marilyn a nice, expensive present and lay it right at her feet. Come in. Who is it? It's me. Well, Florence. Hi, Florence. How's the most beautiful secretary in the world? What? What? I just said you're beautiful. Mr. Lewis, have you been chewing catnip again? <laughs> you know, in a way, he has, Florence. Jerry thinks he's in love, and he's decided that everything and everybody in the whole world is beautiful. Well, who's he in love with? Marilyn Maxwell. Oh, she's on the stage at the Capitol Theater. I saw that show. My boyfriend took me, and we sat in the balcony. How do you like it, Florence? The show or the balcony? <laughs> I mean the show. How did you like Marilyn Maxwell? Wasn't she gorgeous? Wasn't she glamorous? Wasn't she beautiful? Well, I figure I'm just as good as she is. And besides, she's not here, and I am. That gives me an edge. Yeah, but that's the wonderful thing about Marilyn. No edges, just curves. <laughs> Listen, Florence... I want you to come along with me to Tiffany's and help me pick out a present a girl like Marilyn would be sure to like. Oh, I'd love to. Well, you two go on ahead. I'll see you later. I think Tiffany's is in this block, Mr. Lewis. Yeah, and you know, Florence, I just decided something. I'm going to really impress Marilyn. I'm going to ask her to be my leading lady in the next picture we make at Paramount. Oh, that'd be swell if she'd do it. Well, here it is. Yes, yeah, say, this Tiffany's is really an expensive store, isn't it? What makes you think that? Look who the doorman is. Ali Khan. <laughs> let's go in. Oh, there's a the salesman. Hey, boy, let's snap into it, buddy. What do you say? I can always go to Walgreens, you know. <laughs> How do you do? Welcome to Tiffany's. May I be of service? Well, I want to buy a present to impress a beautiful actress whom I haven't even met yet. Yeah, you see, this girl doesn't even know he's alive. Well, frankly, he had me puzzled for a minute. <laughs> Have you got something nice in jewelry, say, uh, a diamond? Oh, certainly, sir. Here's a nice diamond. I'll put it on the counter so you can look at it. <laughs> of course, we also have some large ones. <laughs> no, I, I, I think this would be big enough. Say, say, what are those three holes drilled in the diamond for? Well, you see, on Wednesday nights, Mr. Tiffany goes bowling. Well, I'm sure that would be too expensive for me. Perhaps I could suggest something if I knew what kind of a girl this present is for. Oh, well, well, she's got beautiful blonde hair, lovely soft eyes. Yes. And, and, and she's got red, luscious lips and a wonderful figure. Yes, yes. But what is it about her that attracts you? <laughs> Say, mister. Yes? Are you for real? Everything seems much too expensive. I haven't got too much money to spend. Well, how about this nice pearl pin for $100? Oh, no, that's too much. Well, how about this sapphire ring for $75? No, that's still a little high for the present I had in mind. Can't you suggest something cheaper? Well, why don't you have her shoes half-soled? shouldn't have come to Tiffany's in the first place. Well, Tiffany's name on a box is always very impressive. Yes. Well, suppose you tell me how much you want to spend. About $25. Well, our policy is never to fail a customer. I'm sure we can work something out, but I don't know how just yet. Well, while the man at Tiffany's is trying to help Jerry, Dean has just arrived at the Capitol Theater hoping to talk to Marilyn Maxwell. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very busy. Who is it? Hello, baby. Oh! Miss Maxwell. Yes, I'm Miss Maxwell. Excuse me, but where did Mr. Gable go? I don't know, baby. Oh, it was you. Say, what's the big idea? Never mind. You'd be surprised at the number of doors I get open this way. <laughs> Wait a minute. I-, I recognize you. Aren't you Dean Martin? Oh, that's right. You must have heard me over at the Copacabana. Well, I-, I was there the other night, and I saw you working, but I couldn't hear you sing. Well, were the acoustics bad? No, I was there with Perry Como, and he kept dropping his knife and fork on the plate. <laughs> Yeah, that Como's, he's unfair. When I go to listen to him sing, I always applaud very loudly. All through his numbers. Well, what did you come to see me about, Dean? Well, it's about my partner, Jerry Lewis. He's on his way over here right now. He is? To see me? Yes, Marilyn. You see, last night he saw you when you came to the Copacabana, and now he thinks he's in love with you. Oh, really? Well, it's probably just puppy love. Hasn't he ever done this before? Yeah, and that's what's gotten me worried. This is the first time it hasn't been with puppies. Well, Jerry will get over it. Well, I don't know. In his sleep last night, he kept yelling, Marilyn, kiss me, and squeezing his pillow. And he's... Well, that's not so serious. You think not? This morning, he didn't eat any breakfast. He just sat there exhaling feathers. <laughs> now, you can see that he hasn't had much experience with girls. I sure can. That's just my point. You never could be interested in a fellow like Jerry, and I don't want to see him have his feelings hurt. Well, I'd be glad to help, but what in the world can I do about it? Well, I have an idea. Now, Jerry's so naive that I'm sure if you made violent love to him, it would scare him to death. Are you sure? Well, I'm positive. Now, look, i got to get out of here. He'll be here any second. Well, go out this hallway door here, Dean. I remember when he gets here now, you just pretend you're Mm. madly in love with him. Well, I will do if you think it'll help. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yes, come in. Miss Maxwell, you don't know me, but... Oh, that marvelous, beautiful, deep voice. Uh, yes. Miss Maxwell, you don't know me, but my name is Jerry Lewis. Never mind the details. Kiss me. Kiss you? I must be in the wrong room. You're in exactly the right room. Come here. Now, wait a minute. Wait, please. Oh. Gee, that was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn, I don't know if I have nerve enough to tell you why I came down here. Because you're in love with me. Gee, I got more nerve than I thought. <laughs> you know, I don't understand this at all, Marilyn. I came down here hardly daring to knock on your door, and I walk in and you kiss me. Jerry, can you blame me? Why, you're everything a girl could want. You have deep, compelling eyes and... A firm, strong chin and glossy, curly hair. Who? Me? Yes, Jerry, I think you're the most beautiful man I've ever seen. Marilyn, have you been chewing any catnip lately? (laughs) Jerry, you've been holding on to that little package ever since you came in here. What is it? Oh, I almost forgot. It's a present for you. Here. Oh. Oh, I can hardly wait to get it open. Oh, a lovely box from Tiffany's. But all I see in it is two sticks of Juicy Fruit gum. Well, the box cost $24.98, and I only had two pennies left. (laughs) Jerry, I I want to thank you. It's a lovely thought. Yes, it's your engagement present. Engagement? Sure. Oh, this isn't going the way it's supposed to at all. You're supposed to be scared. Not me. And after we're married, we'll go back to Hollywood. We'll be the new romantic team in motion pictures. But, Jerry... I'll show you, Marilyn. I'll write you such a love story that you won't be able to turn it down. Jerry, I I knew you were a comedian and actor, but I didn't know you were a writer. Sure, I'm a regular George Bernard McFadden. (laughs) Tell you what, Marilyn, you come back to the Copacabana again tonight. By then, I'll have my love story written, and we can sit down and talk about it. Well, all right, that's a deal. Until tonight, then. Yes, until tonight, my lovely one. Farewell. But before I go, another kiss? Okay, I suppose. (laughs) Goodness, Jerry, how how did you ever learn to kiss like that? It's simple. Every morning I eat my oatmeal through a straw. (laughs) 
It's now six hours later. We're at the Copacabana nightclub where the first floor show is just concluding with Dean Martin about to sing his new song, Sault Ste. Marie. I fell in love in Sault Ste. Marie. My every dream came true The moment you walked by These stars above I held you to me And we kissed Till the dawn Touch the sky. We said adieu in Sault Saint Marie, and though we had to part, I left my heart with you. So. My love, wait for me, and I'll come back to you in Sault Ste. Marie. doing here at the Copa again tonight? Oh, Dean, sit down at the table a minute. Jerry invited me and I had to come. Look, you got me in an awful mess. Well, why? Well, I, I did what you told me, but it didn't scare him at all. Now he really thinks I'm crazy about him. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Melon. He even wants me to be his leading lady in his next picture. Gee, what'll I do, Gus, Dean? I don't know. Well, well, I see you've already introduced yourselves, my partner and my gal. Hello, Marilyn, my beautiful dreamboat. Listen, you want to hear something funny? What? This'll kill you. This morning when I told Dean how I felt about you, he said it was just puppy love. Well? Lean over and say hello to a great Dane. <laughs> Jerry, th there's something important you want to know. I just... Not now, a... Marilyn. Wait a minute. Look, I got the story for our next picture. Gee, I hope you like it. Jerry, you've written a story? Sure. It's all about a lying gangster and his girl. A lying gangster and his girl. Now, what's it called? Fibber and Maul. <laughs> Come on, let's do it for our nightclub audience right now. Hey, Mr. Stabile, how about a fanfare? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have a surprise for you. Miss Marilyn Maxwell, the famous movie star, is here tonight. Miss Maxwell is probably going to star with Dean and me in our next Paramount picture. So right about now, we'd like to give you a preview of this screenplay, which I wrote myself. The scene is the big house. A prisoner speaks. My name is Rocky Lewis. Ten years ago, I was head of the mob. I had the big town in the palm of my hand. Gambling, liquor, nightclubs. I had all the rackets sewed up tight. I was pulling down a cool $45 a week. I am Marilyn. I was Rocky's mall. I was out to get rich. Money, that's what I wanted. I met the right men for it, too. Thieves, gangsters, crooks, gamblers. The gamblers called me Cold Deck. I was bad, bad clear through. I smoked cigarettes. I had dates with Rocky and stayed out until 10 o'clock. <laughs> I started playing pinball machines, and I learned... I learned how to tilt. <laughs> yeah. Marilyn was a real no-goodnik. 
And I had a pal. A pal. Dino Martinez. <laughs> Dirty, double-crossing, thieving. In other words, a right guy. <laughs> the week after I took Dino into my mob, he stole my wallet and my diamond cufflinks. The next evening, he stabbed me in the back. The next evening, he took my shirt and my pants, and then he squealed to the coppers and had me sent to prison. I began to get a feeling he wasn't trustworthy. <laughs> and so Dino took over the rackets while I did a ten-year stretch and stir. Ten long years in a tiny cell brooding, planning my revenge for when I got out. There was only one thing that I was going to do when I got out. One thing I had to do first, find Dino, get my pants back. <laughs> yeah, I had to find Dino. My name is Dino Martinez. I was a rocky pal. I squealed on him and I sent him up the river. But I had a good reason. The minute I saw his girlfriend, Coldeck Marlene, I figured it was my turn to shuffle. <laughs> but now I had all the rackets under my belt. No bootlegger move a case until I give this sign. The bank robbers are so afraid to touch a safe unless I say, go ahead. Dr. Schul won't even send out a footpad without me saying okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my pal and that's my gal. And here I am in this tiny cell in the big house with no one to talk to but my cellmate, Nosy, who never says a word. Well, what's this? The warden is walking straight toward my cell. Hey, warden, what's that paper? Is that a pardon for me? No, Rocky, it's a pardon for your cellmate, Nosy. Come on, Nosy, get up. You're leaving the big house, Nosy. And I don't want you going back with that gang of pickpockets. You've got a chance to go straight. Now get out of here, Nosy. Well, Warden, at least I'll have more room in here without that elephant. <laughs> we'll break you yet, Rocky. We got a new one for tomorrow. That was what they planned for me, huh? Your third degree. I knew I had to escape that night. Suddenly a plan came to me, yeah. I was thin, I could do it. I chopped a hole in the water main, took a deep breath and dived in. Five minutes later, I popped out of a hot water faucet in the warden's office. <laughs> the warden did not approve of my ingenuity. And then another plan occurred to me. Quickly, I pretended to be unconscious and I was rushed to the prison hospital. As soon as the doctor turned his back, I swallowed 200 reducing tablets mussed up my hair and walked out of the prison disguised as a floor mop. <laughs> At last, I was free. I had but one thing in mind. I had to find out if it was true about Dino taking over with my girl, Marilyn. Soon I was outside Dino's door, listening. I heard, I love you. I'm mad about you. I'm only happy when I'm with you. You're my favorite person. I could tell he was alone. <laughs> Quickly, I kicked open the door and stepped inside. I'm back, Dino. Yeah, Rocky. Yeah, back from where you sent me, Dino. You know where. They took me to the big house, and they took away my name. I became convict number 1423768, 2429832411289763. 72492832914. It was printed across my chest. <laughs> but I'm tough now, Dino. Tougher than when I went away. And I want a little information about you and my girl Marilyn. You're not so tough, Rocky. Now stop stalling, Dino. Where's my girl Marilyn? Marilyn, I'll kiss her goodbye the night they sent you away, ten years ago. Honey, it's me, Marilyn, your ever-loving baby doll. <laughs> Let me in, honey. I'm in a hurry. Well, it's about time you... Rocky, Dino, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. What makes you think? Well, the way you two are standing there, <laughs> glaring at each other. We're only playing a new game. It's called Lilienthal and Hickenlooper. <laughs> well, let's get one thing straight, Rocky. You can't expect a girl to wait ten years... I'm Dino's girl now. You'll never get Marilyn away from me, Rocky. I've treated her too good. Yes, Rocky. Dino bought me a mink coat. Come back with me and I'll buy you a sable coat. And Dino bought me a lovely pearl necklace. Come back with me and I'll buy you a diamond necklace. 
And Dino even bought me a Hudson that you stepped down into. That's nothing. I'll buy you a Hudson that you can sail boats up. <laughs> well, it's no use. I'm sticking with Dino. Okay, this is the payoff. I got a gun. Okay, Rocky. I got a couple of guns here. See, you're jammed right into your chest now. I'm going to let you have it right now. Missed me. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll take care of this myself. I've got my gun. I'll get him for you, Dino. There! <clears throat> she got me, Dino. I'm done for. This is it. The end. The big payoff. Everything is getting darker and darker. You're fading away. I'm going, Dino. But before I go... Yes, yes. Before I go, I... I just want to... I want to say one thing. What's that? Bye. Bye. <laughs> ah, poor Rocky. He's gone. Yep. Rocky's gone, all right. Well... I guess I better get along home. But, Marlene, you can't go now. I can't? Why not? Because, baby, it's cold outside. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go but away. But, baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been that you drop so in. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like My I. My mother will start to Beautiful worry. And mother will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace roar. So really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink Put more. Put some records on what I pour. Neighbors mind Baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew your how Your eyes are like starlight now. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks well. I ought to say no, 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 Mind sir. if I'm moving At closer. least I'm gonna say that I try. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, oh, it's, it's cold, cold You heard my little masterpiece I wrote. When do we leave for Hollywood so you can be my leading lady? Well, Jerry, I I've been trying to tell you. I can't be your leading lady. I, I have contracts for the next two years. It's just impossible. I see. But, but you will be my girl, won't you? Well, that's another thing I've been trying to tell you. You see, I... Oh, I'll explain, Marilyn. Jerry, when you told me how you felt about Marilyn this morning, I couldn't let you go over to see her and get your feelings hurt. So I went over first and told Marilyn about this puppy love you were going through and... She agreed to pretend she was in love with you so that uh, you'd be scared back to your senses. Is, is this true, Marilyn? Yes, Jerry. I'm sorry. Gee, all the time I thought I was making love, I was only making a boo-boo. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, don't feel bad, Jerry. Someday the right girl will come along. No, I'm afraid not, Marilyn. I'll give you up. But if I can't have you, I don't want anyone. No girls, and that's final. I get it. Hello. Oh, just a minute. Sure. It's for you, Jerry. A girl. A girl? Give me the phone. Hello? I don't care what your name is. Will you marry me? <laughs> oh, Jerry, thank you, Miss Marilyn Maxwell, for being a wonderful guest. Thank you, folks. Good night. The Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Red and written by Dick McKnight and Ray Allen. Next week, our guest will be Tony Martin. This is Ed Hurley, suggesting you tune in to your NBC station a week from this next Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for The Martin and Lewis Show. Hear the NBC Symphony at a new time tonight on NBC. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.